1: at it again it's the football playbook with your boy R.I.C. in a place to be Rick Serratella here at the Jersey Shore broadcasting around the universe you out there on my chat room people waking up with me I see you over there Jeremiah already getting it in hey chime on in tell a friend that it's them again let me know where you're checking in from this is the global show the football playbook here on Jacob Sports YouTube channel presented by Ocean Casino and Resorts Where are you checking in from today? USA? Europe? Canada? Africa? I know you're out there. Show your boys some love. Let's get out to a fast start. Hit the like button if you liked the football playbook all week long. It's our third week in the books. Big tone behind the scenes, holding it down as usual. And we had some great guests yesterday. My guys, Dane Vandernat from the NFL PA Ball was on, chopping it up. We had Neil Stratton from InsideTheLeague.com taking a dive into the Jalen Hurts. Potential contract negotiations. And I'm going to get into the uh, Thursday night football later on in the show. Our good friend Eric Edholm from NFL.com will join us. We'll talk some some of that Kansas City Chiefs victory last night. Uh, Check in on Justin Herbert's status. I know he took a blow to the ribs. And we'll get the uh, finger on the pulse with the state of the Eagles. We'll go around the league a little bit with Eric Edholm. That's coming up at 1030 Eastern, about 30 minutes from now. And then we'll come back with Coach Flip John D. Filippo will join us again for a second consecutive Football Friday edition. I mean, I could have spoke the entire show the entire day, talking ball uh, with the Eagles' former coach. He's going to lend his perspective on the whole Eagles' offense, how to prepare and game plan for the Vikings' offense, which I think is more powerful, more explosive, more high octane than the Eagles, believe it or not. We'll get into uh, all that with Coach Flip later on in the show, but I got to start off with my man Jalen again because haters are going to hate. They just refuse to believe what they see. And (laughs) I watched the Jalen Hurts presser yesterday. See a lot of comments floating around from the Philly media. See some of the guests on the Jacob sports channels and it doesn't matter what Jalen hurts does. There's always going to be haters. They refuse to believe that he's a good quarterback. You know why? Not because they don't believe Jalen hurts is a good quarterback. No, they don't like his style. They don't like the way Jalen hurts wins. And I got news for you. I watched that press conference. Hater's going to hate. I'm going to speak for Jalen because he won't say it. I'm laughing at you. Really, I'm laughing at you now. That's what Jalen Hurts is saying on the inside. He won't admit that. I'll say it for him. Because he will have the last laugh when it's all said and done. I got news for you. And that's just the way it is. Okay? Now, the questioning, what a joke. I mean, the guy, I give him credit because I was laughing at the line of question, and I think Jalen was <laughs> kind of trying to hold in the laughter as well. I mean, about five different reports. I mean, I don't know if it was the same guy or different. Guy. They asked him like five different ways. Well, how do you avoid hits? How do you avoid contacts? He's like, what do you mean? Bro, <laughs> I slide. <laughs> Lift some weights. <laughs> You know, it's just uh, 10 minutes of nothing. That's what the Jalen Hurts press conference was about yesterday. 10 minutes of nothing. And I got news for you. Jalen Hurts could play a little bit. Yep. Jalen Hurts could play a little bit. You might not like his style, but if you're the first person and the only person in NFL history to throw for 4,000, run for another 1,000 through your first 20 career starts, the only player in nfl history and i still see people sitting here
2: telling ah, you know i,
1: I don't know uh, you can get it out you can get it out that morning visit yeah come on son please you know the guy the guy took this team right into the playoffs yesterday he got off the snide 1-0, and, and I'm not going to name names. Then I hear somebody say, well, you know, he he struggles picking up the blitz. <laughs> really? <laughs> what what are you watching? Because all I saw was a guy that picked it up immediately and did what he had to do to move the change when necessary. In fact, if you go back and rewatch the game, there are certain snaps where Hertz picks up the blitz pre-snap, and you could see it. In his drop back and his footwork, he's already moving in the opposite direction from where the pressure is coming. You know why? Because he's picking it up. And the blitz was all day. Nobody got pressured more than Jalen, than Patrick Mahomes did. And he played extremely well. And he won that game. You can say what you want. Jeremiah, you could say, let's see what the results are. He hasn't accomplished anything. Well, his first-year starter, right into the playoffs. Okay? So he came in year one. He learned on the job. Year two, he ran the team into the playoffs, literally and figuratively. And now this year, they're off to a 1-0 start. And I got news for you. We'll come back. The Eagles will win. Hertz will run it another 15 times and we'll get the haters in here saying, oh, well, you know, you can't win that way. We'll see. We'll see. I do I do have my concerns about the hits. It's got to improve. 20 hits, way too much. The Eagles are leading the league in stats that they shouldn't be leading in. And I mean, getting the quarterback hit and missing tackles on the defensive side of the ball. I think they had 15 missed tackles, led the NFL. Oh, by the way, yeah, eight players sitting out practice yesterday. Seven of them just needed rest. <laughs> way to ramp up the conditioning, coach. We need rest. Rest. Week one, we need rest. Whew. Boy, oh, boy. I know I know. Uh, Barrett Brooks on, on the sports take was saying to himself, man, I wish I could have played in this generation week one we got days off who is it let's see Fletcher Cox you played terrible you were so unconditioned how can you give that guy a rest I'd be I wouldn't I you know what instead of giving Fletcher Cox a day off I would just have him run laps all day if it was me Landon Dickerson bro what are you 25 years old you need a rest buckle up Vikings are coming (laughs) kidding me you know, you want to you give Brandon Graham a rest, Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey, Sayamalu coming off the injury. Offensive line, I guess they played all the snaps. I get it. But Landon Dickerson, he's a young buck. <laughs> Landon Dickerson needs a rest? Really? Josh Sweat, you didn't play well enough to have a day off, bro. Jack Stoll is the only one with a legitimate injury who sat out of practice yesterday. He has an ankle giving guys rest in week one. Big shout out to all the chat room people, chat room people today. Jeremiah, always the first one in there. Slasher, appreciate the love, man. We're trying over here. The black line. Good to see you. New, newbie, Gigi Meta, always a pleasure. Hey, hit the like button. We're just getting started. Two hours of power on the football playbook. So, you know, stop it, stop it with the Jalen Hurts nonsense. He's going to show you again this week, I believe, at home. And you know, the defense—they got to—they got to step their game up. I also saw uh, Hassan Reddick's presser yesterday, bro. He said, "Here, here's the thing that stood out to me from the Hassan Reddick uh, interview, and and these things are like quick five minute hitters, right?" So I'm watching the Hassan Reddick interview, and he said, um, I didn't play up to the standard, right? Everybody is being held to the standard. Uh, He said he expects the overreaction from Philadelphia fans. said, if he didn't hear it, then something would be wrong. Good for him. He's from here. Okay. And then he said something that (laughs) struck me as as off because – I don't know who Hassan Reddick is talking to. He didn't mention if this was the coaches. I have a feeling it's his family and friends. He said a lot of people reached out to him and said he played a great game.
0: <laughs>
1: I had to do a double take. Really, Hassan? <laughs> a lot of people reached out to you and said you played great? <laughs> well, you better step your game up. Um I got news for you. He's got a track record of d- disappearing. He goes MIA now. I think he'll come back, thrive off of the home crowd. He did allude to the energy he expects the Bird Gang to be out strong Monday night at the link sold out affair. He said he's gonna he's gonna vibe, he's gonna feel he's gonna thrive off of that, which I think he will. You know. And I saw I saw them, you know, moving Reddick on both sides of the field. They played a lot of five man front. A lot of times Reddick was standing up. Now, early on in the game, they did send him after the quarterback a few times, right? And then in the second half, not so much. So to me, like you know, Reddick, I go back to Reddick at Temple, it was kind of the same dilemma. How do we use Reddick? Then they figured out, man, this guy can get after the quarterback. And then you kind of saw that in his pro career. He kind of went back and forth on different kinds of roles with the Cardinals and the Panthers. Listen, Hassan Reddick needs to go see quarterback, get quarterback, chase quarterback. That's it. I don't need Hassan Reddick dropping back in coverage. I don't need Hassan Reddick playing containment. Now, Reddick he should feast on this Vikings defensive line because Pene Sewell, he stonewalled them a few times. Taylor Decker, he had something for that. Minnesota Vikings, not so much. We talk about the Eagles in the trenches. This is where they need to take advantage of Hassan Reddick. This is why they paid him so much money because you have an offensive line with a first round bust in the middle and Garrett Bradbury that they don't even want on the team. They got all homegrown talent they got nobody older than the age of 27, a bunch of young, inexperienced, a rookie right guard that just got clobbered last week. Ed Ingram got abused from the left, from the right. Maybe maybe you should experiment with moving Reddick more inside, outside. Get him on some mismatches. I don't care what you do. Get him after the quarterback. That's what needs to be done. And Jonathan Gannon's talking about, oh, we're going to make the adjustments necessary. Are you, Johnny? Are you, Johnny boy? because I want to see Reddick go after that quarterback. And if you come back on Tuesday and tell me, "Oh, it's on us to make the necessary adjustments and you didn't adapt and adjust." Guess what? I'll be preaching what I preach. Paging Mr. Fangio. Hello Vic. Where you at, bro? And I'm not even saying you got to fire Jonathan Gannon. Keep him around if you want. You're telling me you can't drag Vic Fangio off the couch for $5 million to stand on the sideline or be a consultant and help this team? He'd be a game changer for the Philadelphia Eagles franchise. A game changer. And you're sitting here telling me you want to go to war with Jonathan Gannon. That's not championship football. Hassan Reddick said he didn't recognize a lot of the coverages. He was uh, thinking too much. You know, he was very conscious. He looks back and realizes, I didn't really recognize the coverages. You better understand. You better stick your nose in the playbook. Did Hassan Reddick get a day off yesterday? Maybe he could go pop in the film room. Jordan Davis is another one. Did you hear his comments? Did you hear Jordan Davis yesterday? I can't believe it's not all over. Eagles today. Eddie Kratz, did you see this one? Jordan Davis said, I struggle with self-confidence. I was overthinking. No wonder why you played 22 snaps. Now I get it. Now I get it. I struggle with self-confidence. I was overthinking. Hey, Jordan, Maybe you should put a filter on the mouth. I'm not talking about eating. Some things, Jonathan Gannon, are better left unsaid. Jordan Davis, keep it to yourself. Okay, Rook, rookie mistake. We'll give you a pass week one. Keep it to yourself. Okay. And, you know, Tone makes a good point. Like, is the Gannon defense making the players think too much? Well, in the case of Jordan Davis, he's a rookie. They're trying to find his niche in a role. So I get it while he's overthinking. Hassan Reddick has no excuses. <laughs> he's a veteran player. That should not happen. Hassan Reddick should say, should just keep his mouth shut, go stick his nose in the film room. Maybe go stick his nose in Jonathan Gannon's office and say, what are you doing, coach? I need to go chase the quarterback. Have you seen my film? And, yeah, I think there is something to that, Tone. I think I think it messes with a player's head when he's wired to go get the quarterback and you keep telling him to play drop-back coverage or containment. Yeah, that messes with your DNA, and he admitted it. He didn't recognize the coverages. Whew. 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 you don't have some things to clean up. You got a lot to clean up. You got a lot to clean up. The good news is you're 1-0. The better news is there's a lot of room for improvement, but I got news for you. I, I mean it when I say it. Vic Fangio should be on line one because Jonathan Gannon, I see now. I see what everybody's talking about, and I saw it after week one. You want to keep them here? Fine. They need help. Bringing the dogs, Vic Fangio is a dog. I go to battle with that man. I won't go to war with Jonathan Gannon, and I think the players might feel the same way. Jordan Davis, I was I was overthinking because I lack the self confidence. Woo says he needs to clean up his technique. Yeah, that's for sure, and he'll continue to keep playing with a chip on his shoulder. You know, may, maybe the Eagles should start doing some. PR damage control. <laughs> you know, you guys need to put a filter on some of these mouths. You know, this is supposed to be a, a a multi-dimensional hybrid offense. Well, show me some variety then. Show me Reddick coming off the edge. I don't care if he's standing up as a backer or a defensive end. Show me some some pressure on Kirk Cousins. Otherwise, he's going to dink and he's going to dunk and he's going to slice and he's going to carve this Eagles defense like a Thanksgiving turkey. It's Vikings week. Oh, baby. (laughs) I hope the Eagles are as fired up as I am. That's what I want to see, some intensity. Right, bro, I'm working up more of a sweat than Fletcher Cox was right now. Oh, by the way, Fletcher, great job. Take a day off. <laughs> Woo! I see Calvin in the chat room. Six one two thirty. You know, I used to feel the same way, but you got guys like I remember Von Miller coming out of Texas A and M. I said the same thing about him. He was like 225 his rookie year. They played him at defensive end, I think, opposite of – was he opposite of Elvis Doomerville? I don't know. But they played Von Miller as defensive end and worked out okay. But my point is, you got a guy that has double-digit sacks, and you took your foot off the gas break in the second half when you're up. You let him off the hook. You let him off the hook. If you do it again this week, Jonathan – then you are who we thought you were. By the way, um, the injury report for the Vikings, the Eagles had eight guys mispractice yesterday. Only one was hurt. <laughs> that'll really good. that'll really bode well for the conditioning this week, huh? Fletcher Cox, take the day off. You're still tired. Hey, don't worry. We can't bring in Jordan Davis. He's not feeling real secure about himself. He's thinking too much. Man. And I love I love Jordan Davis, the person. But, guys, rookie mistake. Get it together. Listen. Um, the secondary. We talked about the Vikings offensive line is a weakness. The secondary on defense. Attack. Attack. Right? Right. Um, the good news from Minnesota, you know, they have Harrison Smith and Cam Bynum back there in the safety sign Lewis, who, if you remember, if you remember the Vikings traded down in the draft, they could have had the Notre Dame safety who I was very high on. They could have had the Notre Dame safety. Instead they traded down and they settled on sign Lewis out of Georgia and he missed last week he was inactive to a, a knee injury, uh, he is going to probably play. So that means you've got a rookie debut. When he's in the game, I don't think Harrison Smith is coming out, but Sign Lewis probably will be used in certain packages. When he is, especially if he's on the same side of Patrick Peterson, I am looking to exploit that weakness. I am looking to exploit the rookie, and I am looking to exploit the aging Patrick Peterson my boy shout out to Patrick Peterson and his pops but you're just not the same and I don't care if it's AJ Brown Devonta Smith even Quez Watkins you get Pat, you get Peterson you take him to the you take him to the house otherwise you get caught you get caught up in a shootout with Vikings it's not the game you want to be in. It's not the game you want to be in. Now, they are getting Andrew Booth Jr., another first-round pick. Uh, he Actually, I don't know. He might be out still. He had a quad injury. He showed up on the injury report. So that is even better if Booth does not play because they have zero depth behind Peterson and Cam A uh, Caleb Evans, I mean, this guy's as stiff as a board. This guy has no hip m- flexibility. Uh, Below average backpedal. Caleb Evans, terrible, terrible cornerback. Chris Boyd, we're talking bottom barrel. And that's why Cam Dansler played 90% of the snaps and Patrick Peterson played 100% of the snaps last week, as I see. So they have zero depth at cornerback. Zero. Now the pro- the problem is going to be Daniil Hunter, Zadarius Smith. Unlike the Eagles, who run who run the same Vic Fangio defense, Ed Donatell actually sends these guys after the quarterback. If you saw it last week, both Danielle Hunter and Zadarius Smith, oh, and DJ Wanham, who's the backup to Zadarius, they were all it was a party in the backfield. They all got in on the sacks. All of them. Which goes back to the point: it's not the personnel, it's the scheme. Get it? Ed tail 31 years as a defensive coordinator. Jonathan Gannon won. You get it? You get it? It's not that complicated, people. It's not that difficult to figure out. All right. Now, the Vikings are going to use a defensive rotation on the, on the defensive line. They like to rotate these guys. Dalvin Tomlinson, I think another former first-round pick, He got 64% of the snaps. Harrison Phillips had 59% of the snaps. Jonathan Bullard, 48% of the snaps. They mix in Blacklock from Texas A&M. He'll be in the mix. They got another guy, Lynch. They rotate in there. Um, Patrick Jones, the second. So this this is a six or seven man defensive line rotation that the Vikings will be coming at the Eagles with. I like the Eagles offensive line. But Malada, Lane Johnson, this is going to be as big of a, a test as you get. It's going to be more, even more difficult than Charles Harris and Aiden Hutchinson. Hunter, Smith, and Smith looks rejuvenated. That's you know, you saw Tracy Walker what he was to the Lions. I think that's what Zedarius Smith is to this defense. And you got two really good linebackers in the middle: Eric Kendricks and our good friend Jordan Hicks, who, oh, by the way. 14 tackles, a sack, a forced fumble, and a quarterback hit last week in his season debut. Hello, my old friend. Keep laughing at Jalen Hurts. Anybody know that big pun song from back in the day? Circa 2000, I'm laughing at you now. That's what Jalen's listening to on his way home from the Novacare comp. I'm laughing at you now. It's going to be a close game. I'll get more into my predictions later on in the show. We'll get the uh, perspective of D1, Coach John D. Filippo. But coming up after the break, our good friend Eric Edholm, one of the best in the business, will check in from NFL.com. I know he was watching the Thursday night football game very intently. We'll uh, get his reaction to that. We'll get his take on the Philadelphia Eagles. And uh, we'll get his finger on the pulse from some other news and notes from around the league. It's Rick Saratello, the Football Playbook. Smash that like button. We'll be back right after this.
0: Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit.
3: Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth, born into a brotherhood, and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles.
4: It's the number one news at 10 p.m. Action News on PHL 17. Join Shari Williams, Gray Hall, Deuces Rogers, and meteorologist Adam Joseph for all the big stories at a time that's right for you. Action News at 10 p.m. on PHL 17. I get
5: scared sometimes of a lot of things. Joining in, decisions, the dark. The dark.
2: We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go passionately. Go
6: fearlessly. Go confidently.
2: Go first!
6: Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Billy's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust,
2: go bird.
6: and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go bird.
1: I at it again. It's the football playbook TFB with your boy RIC broadcasting here at the Jersey Shore around the universe where are you checking in today. Let me see uh, where you guys are checking in what part of the country out there All my chat room people showing the love hit the like button and make sure you get down to Ocean Casino for that Eagles pre and post game Monday night football there at the gallery will be buckled up rip roaring ready to go. One guy rip roaring ready to go needs no introduction. Uh, a regular on the state of football, making his football playbook debut, our good friend Easy e sliding in, Eric Edholm. Good morning, my brother. How are you?
7: I'm doing great. What's up, man? How
1: are you? Always a pleasure to chop it up and break it down with you. Love talking ball. Of course, now at the NFL.com. And uh, we'll get your thoughts on the Thursday night football game in just a minute. But you know, Jacob, sports how we do here. We got to get the finger on the pulse with the Eagles. Sure. You know, they took the best shot from the Lions. Yeah. Uh, All the hard knocks hype, the sold-out stadium, uh, the Dan Campbell hoopla, the fans were buying in. Eagles went up in this game multiple times, took their foot off the gas pedal with the Lions back in the door, uh did you like what you see? Are you concerned what you saw? Are the Eagles a contender? What's your thoughts with these these uh Philadelphia ball squad?
7: Let's see. Yes, yes, no, yeah. I don't know. I, I lost track. But yeah, no. I, I I really it reminded me, if I'm not mistaken, of the I think it was Lions 49ers week 1 a year ago where, you know, I think it was the 49ers went up huge and then all of a sudden like, who is this team that just keeps rising from the like Sean of the Dead, right? There's just more of them keep popping up and zombie attacking them. But yeah, I mean it really, you know, it was it was probably an incomplete game, but I think it was it was a perfectly acceptable week one outing when you consider how you know the Packers played, how the Patriots played, how other teams in the same kind of tier, if you will, in the NFL hierarchy, kind of that until proven otherwise, maybe just below the the top groups, but but capable of joining them. So you know I didn't see anything obviously you'd like to be a little better defensively, like you said, kind of step on the neck if you will and and finish them off a little earlier but it's it's a plucky Lions team and one that i think will win more games than people expect so you know i i i think we put a bow on that game and say that the eagles did what they had to do and played pretty well
1: yeah they played well they did look sloppy on defense like a lot of teams around the league but they led the league in missed tackles 15 missed tackles we saw them get dragged on a couple plays by DeAndre Swift and yep. Jamal Williams, two tough hard-nosed runners. Is that just an Eagles concern? Is that an NFL league concern? Is that because the training camp has kind of been club med atmosphere around the league? <laughs> what what do you make of that?
7: Yeah, it's an interesting debate, right? I mean, we've obviously, you know, and like they were talking about it after the season opener, you know, should the should the Rams have played in the preseason or should this team have played its starters? I think you know, it's a fair question to ask. What is what is the role of the of the preseason and training camp and these joint practices in terms of preparing for the season? You know, I know there are some teams out there that that look at the first three, four games, especially now that we have a 17-game schedule, each game matters a tiny bit less. You know, that that really you treat September as almost kind of a ramp up for the season. I don't know if every team approaches it that way, but I know of a few that you know, you lose a game in September, you're, you're not exactly crying in your cereal. And, and you have some sloppy plays on one side of the ball, penalties, missed tackles, mental errors. You know, it's not like you want to see them, but you'd rather be able to work those out earlier. Um, so, yeah, I, I think obviously there's a little pressure going into this year on 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 Jonathan Gannon's defense. And, you know, for a guy who had a lot Just of – Just a little, to, right? Yeah. <laughs> Especially for a guy who had a lot of head coaching interviews, right? I mean – Yeah, surprising. I I expect better, you know, especially as guys like you know Chauncey Gardner Johnson get more you know adapted to his role and
1: things like that. They'll be, they'll be all right, I think, on that side of the ball. Yeah. The good news is you're one to know. The better news is there's a lot of room for improvement. Absolutely. Right? You know, week one, long road ahead. Uh, I want to ask you about the Vikings matchup before I do. Last one on the Lions. Are you buying in? They got the um, Washington Commanders at home this week. Yeah. Are you buying into the rebuilding youth movement there? They have the youngest roster in the league, by the way, 25 years old. Are you buying into this whole youth movement, Dan Campbell rebuilding project?
7: Yeah. I still think we're probably talking about a year from now. Right. And, and, you know, this isn't like a huge Jared Goff criticism because he actually played pretty well down the stretch last year and, and, you know, did what he had to do to, to convince the team that he can, that he can run the squad for another year plus whatever. But um, you know, it's it's an exciting group of young talent they've built. They've built in a lot of ways the right way, I think, from the, the lines out. You know, offensive line is as good a shape as almost any team. Maybe Eagles are a little, you know, better or whatever. But, you know, there are a handful of teams above them and not many else. Uh, defensive line, I think the depth is there. You see more standout players like Hutchinson. So it's exciting in that regard. Can they get better at corner? Yes. Can they get, you know, a, a, a healthy Jamison Williams to help that receiver group out? Absolutely. So, You know, as they start filling in the pieces, I think the the easier found pieces, too. You can find wide receivers, you can find some of those skilled guys. Corners are a little tougher, obviously, but I'm, you know, the, the foundation I think is in place. And I don't think the Campbell excitement is going to wear down inside that locker, and maybe we
1: get a little fatigue talking about it. But I think yeah. the
7: players have bought in. I don't think it's a, a BS act or anything like that.
1: No, and you look like my guy, Rodrigo, uh, he he embattles the gritty toughness attitude that Dan Campbell wants to take on. Hutchinson, he didn't exactly show up in the stat box, but he, right. was, he was in the backfield, though.
7: Kicked inside, and, yeah. yeah yep.
1: so, and they do get Jamison Williams uh, back at wide receiver some point. Halfway down the year, suddenly Amon Ross St. Brown, DJ Chark with the addition of Jamison Williams looks a lot sexier yeah. uh, if he can get healthy. So talking with Eric Edholm, NFL.com, longtime NFL insider. Let me ask you about the Vikings now, because as good as the Eagles run game is, they were the first time in the 60 years. They had four rushing touchdowns, four wow. different players. And then I said, you know what, though? Give me Dalvin Cook. And then <laughs> A.J. Brown comes out. He has more receiving yardage than any eagle in his, his eagle de- debut. And then I said, "Ah, oh, you know what? A.J. Brown's pretty good, but Justin Jefferson might be better. And then you got the savvy veteran of um Adam Thielen, who, yeah. oh, by the way, all he does is score touchdowns. And I get it. Devontae Smith is going to be a great receiver, but Thielen is a proven guy <laughs> on paper. You could state this Vikings offense. We saw it last week against the Packers. They can be a problem if they, if the Eagles get into a track meet with this team, it could be awfully dangerous.
7: Yeah, I, I highly recommend to uh, Mr. Gannon not to defend uh, Justin Jefferson with simply zone defense as they, as they did in the first half. It was like, all right, let's you know, let's let Kirk Cousins beat us, you know, a thousand paper cuts. And we'll, oh, no, 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 let's. The Vikings had other plans. Kevin O'Connell, I thought in his first game coached a really strong game. It was impressive. They 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 were aggressive. They were the team that was coming out uh, looking to win early. You know, taking some deeper shots and and not scared to kind of stretch the field a little bit. Mixing in Alexander Madison with Cook and and getting a good rotation in that backfield. You know, it was it was it was a fun game to watch, especially in that first half and defensively uh you know Zadarius Smith had a lot to play for last week cuz of the Packers but yeah. uh he's added a little juice to that team you know they have Daniel Hunter uh, I'm sorry Daniil Hunter Yeah Daniel yeah. Hunter's good I mean look you know he had a sack last week yeah. uh DJ Wanham had a sack last week Hicks yeah. had I mean so they had four different guys I think get to the quarterback last week so uh, Rodgers who doesn't get sacked all that often so you know Eagles will have their hands full I thought it was a you know early in the year, I went on a Vikings podcast. You'll get a kick out of this. And and the host vikings centric guy asked me, what's a successful season for for Minnesota? I said, you know, nine, 10, you you know, 10 wins, something like that would be, I think, pretty darn good. He said he thought the season would be a failure if they didn't win 11 games. Now he wasn't being a homer. This is not somebody from Minnesota. He doesn't, you know, have purple on the Basically his point was he said this team is a lot more talented than a lot of people realize it is. Last year was a, you know a coaching team chemistry thing and he really thinks O'Connell can can come in and get this team to win right away especially in that division.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because as much has been made about the Vikings GM not being a quote unquote football guy, I like kind of what they did in the offseason cuz they kept the core yeah. intact. But they turned over, you know, players, let's say, 27 through 53. There's a lot of turnover on this roster. So they almost, like, reloaded in a way. And props to Kevin O'Connell because here's a guy from the McVay tree, supposed to be this great offensive mind. I'm sure you remember him coming out of the draft. And he knows what he doesn't know because both the Vikings and the Eagles are running the Vic Fangio defense. Gannon. Very inexperienced. O'Connell gets it. He says, "Let me hire Ed Donatel, who's been right. around hanging out for 31 years." He said, "Oh, let me go hire assistant head coach Mike Pettin, who's who's worn the headset and has you know been in these shoes." Oh, by the way, let me go hire a guy like Greg Minuski as my linebacker coach.
7: Great hire. He's been yep.
1: around the league for another 30, so he's got like a hundred years of coaching experience on the defensive side of the ball. Saying, "Hey, I'm going to do what I got to do on offense." I know I'm covered on the defense. Meanwhile, we got Howie Roseman sitting in on the game plan schemes here in Philadelphia. I don't know what they're doing with this coaching staff, but um, prediction, I guess, since we won't see it on Monday. Uh, yeah. Vikings and Eagles. Who do you got there?
7: Yeah, you made one quick point. You made a great point too. What What did Mike Tomlin do when he when he got the job in Pittsburgh? He kept Dick LeBeau on, ran a totally different defensive scheme. What did Matt Nagy do his first year in Chicago? Had Vic Fangio there, one coach of the year. I mean, it's the same concept, right? Like trust good coaches to be able to handle things that you're not as exceptional at. So, uh, I mean, I, I think I think the Eagles can win this game. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But they're going to have their hands full. I really believe the Vikings, even on the road. Uh, we'll come in and give them a good game. So I'll, if, you know, I'm technically I'm not allowed to give scores or point spreads because okay. of the job conflicts That's of it. interest, all that. That's a good but answer. I will say, I think the Eagles will, will eke out a, a hard earned victory that we look back on and say, you know, a month from now and say, you can chalk that up as a pretty good win. I think, like I said, I think the Vikings are maybe not world beaters, but I think they're a better team in that upper middle class than maybe some people realize if, you know, if if the defense holds up, if the offensive line is is better than it was the last couple of years. All right,
1: we got Easy E bending the rules for us here. On the- <laughs> that's why we bring them on. every good. All right, now I'm gonna need a little help. I can't lie. Uh, I had my hands full with the little one last night. Couldn't put her to bed before yeah. the game, so I was kind of back and forth between the baby and the game. And I I know it was a close affair, 27-24. I know you did a big write-up on NFL.com. I got all my cliff notes out of the deal. (laughs) Um, Justin Herbert, I heard uh, Brandon Staley say after the game, we think he's okay. I saw another report that we're waiting for x-rays. He could possibly miss time. Have you heard anything since on Justin Herbert?
7: Yeah, I mean, I just know – traditionally those those rib injuries you know it it can be even if you don't have a break there can be some cartilage that broke off there could be i mean that's a really tender painful area even if you're able to play you may have to do with some kind of a flak jacket on they've got what nine days until the next game and um i'm forgetting who they're playing is it houston or something i can't remember but a little bit of a lesser opponent so if they have to go to chase Daniel for a week it wouldn't be the end of the world but Yeah, as soon as Corey Lindsley, the center, and Trey Pipkins, the right tackle, uh, left the game, second half, totally different. Pressure was in Herbert's face. He he had clean pockets in the first half. That was not the case in the second. And, you know, he took a, a shot from Mike Dana, and it's, you know, it's the fact that he stayed out there when it looked like he could have easily tapped out. There was one throw where he just gave up. He just couldn't even complete the ball. And then he rips a, a a dime on fourth and seven to for you know, 40 yards or whatever. Tough kid, man. I'll tell you what I you know he's he's got some grit. So the Chargers are are a talented team, but that was a I think last night was an exercise in or just a reminder of of learning how to win games is such a crucial thing in this league and that franchise has yet to kind of master that. And I, I hate to just boil it down. It's been multiple coaching staffs the last 10 years, whatever, but mm-hmm. man, it's, it's, they've got to get that down and learn. how. They're up 10 points, you know, and, and I yeah. know it's my homes, but still you drop a pick six, you, you you let chance, you know, you throw one yourself the next series. It's gonna, that's bad enough at home. It's
1: impossible to win on the road against a good team like that. I, I jumped off the Chargers bandwagon this year, Eric, because I picked them like the last three years in a row. Like, my team, my team, the dark horse contender. There, yeah. Team. <laughs> it's like Krusty the Clown when he when he was
7: betting on the Washington Generals. They're due. they you know like he, eventually it'll happen, right? I mean, okay, we've had enough. It, it happened for Clemson. Remember, Clemson used to have
1: that reputation yeah, in college. Yes, they sure. changed it, so yeah, you're right. I'm Good not one. fully jumping off yet good one I like that Eric Edholm always breaking it down chopping it up here on the football playbook now Herbert had 334 three touchdowns and interception you mentioned Chase Daniels man I can't think of a uh I don't know what the word is well yeah (laughs) I was gonna say I can't think of a better clipboard holder than uh uh, clipboard Jesus Charlie Whitehurst right I mean this guy's been this guy's been collecting a paycheck oh yeah over a decade in the league, it feels like, uh, boy, his, his days at Missouri. I mean, that was like 13 years ago, and he could still, you know, st- you know, he could steer the ship if need be. Sure, um, but it is a significant downgrade. What else? I saw my guy Xander
5: Harvath,
1: yeah, in the end zone for their second straight week, um,
5: tied for other- the league
7: in in receiving TDs, I believe, or, <laughs> or at least you know, it's crazy, right? He caught yes. one in four years of college. Now he's got two in two games. Unreal.
1: What else were your main takeaways? Obviously, Patrick Mahomes is spraying the ball all over the field. Yeah, Asante Samuel. I guess there was a little controversy there last night.
7: Uh, if there was, I missed it. Well, he dropped a uh, what you know the series before uh, Jalen uh, Watson ran the 99-yard ninety-nine pick yard pick six. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mahomes threw kind of a, a bad pass. Honestly, it was you know those fade passes in the corner of the end zone that he was trying to find Fortson. He threw it more on a line, and and Samuel stepped right in front, had it in his hands. Remember, his dad in the Super Bowl almost ended that game against Eli and the Giants, and uh, you know he just couldn't squeeze it. And they score the next drive. Chiefs go all the way down, and then you know Watson completes the deal what Samuel couldn't. So I don't know if there was something beyond that; I may have missed it, but yeah, that was. I mean, it's just plays like that that you know you gotta make in this league, and you gotta be able to. You know they had about three passes uh, of Mahomes one was called back by penalty and it was kind of a weak call to be honest I they call legal defensive contact I didn't I didn't see it you know I've seen far worse on on no, no flag plays but those are the plays that you know if you're gonna uh, sort of be a little more passive and sit back I mean they blitzed a few times but if, you just can't let those go through your hands.
1: No doubt, and uh, Watson and Watson, what two great yeah. stories, right? Uh, Jalen Watson, a seventh round pick, I think, out of Washington yeah. State. That's right, and uh, he makes his presence felt. And then Justin yep. Watson had a touchdown. My guy from Penn. Yep. I always tell the story about how he ran a four three eight at the Penn Pro Day.
5: Yeah. And Big then guy. me and
1: me and the Patriots, we couldn't believe it, so we measured the forty yard uh, <laughs> dash. And it came out to be 38 yards, Eric. I'm just did saying. it really? Did <laughs> it yeah, really?
7: On the, you know, it's funny because that's one of those like urban myth things. Like, you know, oh yeah, they're Clemson's 40 yard dash is really 39.2, and Penn State and the Notre Dame and all these yeah. things. You hear it. I didn't. That's hilarious. Yeah, like, we were
1: we were we were standing at the finish line looking at our stopwatches, <laughs> like, wait a second, I didn't see that 4-3 speed on film. Let's. I'll let's, tell you what. Let's though. Bring out but the it, uh, chalk and measure this bad boy. So uh, pretty a telling, forward. though,
7: that. <laughs> when Nicole Hardman goes out of the game, which he did, he got hurt and Baghdad he comes out for a series, he's replaced by Justin Watson. I mean, he's now their backup speak, you know, he's the Marquez Valdez scantling, I guess, of what Green Bay was before. So it's very, it's interesting. And JC Jackson was in coverage on that play and did not play it well, got roasted right off the snap. So. Good, good for the Watson boys. Unrelated. No, no relation.
1: Yeah. Well, and give Mahomes <laughs> credit where credit is due, man, because yeah. they just keep remaking this offensive line. They keep losing the weapons. It doesn't matter. Watkins, Tyreek Hill, no longer here. It's next yep. man up mentality. And I think Mahomes is, is, is still special. Yeah. As good as it gets. Pound for pound, he's the best value on the dollar, I think. I yep. don't care what he's getting paid. He's worth every single penny of it. Not enough. Uh, yep. Eric home here, NFL.com. All right, Eric, let's get uh, just some quick takeaways from week one. Anything that stood out to you? We mentioned the Vikings beating the Packers. That was a little bit surprising to me. I thought the Vikings I, – I, I was mixed on the Vikings coming in, so that surprised me a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, Houston Texans, I heard you mention they're not that great. I think they could give some teams some trouble. We saw that against the Colts already. Nick Cesario has done a really good job of drafting. I mean, you you see the gems, he finds Davis uh in the third, he finds Damian Pierce in the fourth. I mean, this guy's finding great value. I think the Texans, just like the Lions, you might not see it in the win column. Yeah, I think it's gonna be a tougher team. I could be wrong. Um what were your thoughts from the week one takeaways?
7: Yeah, I mean, Davis Mills is better than I think some people are giving him credit for. I don't know that he's some world beater or anything like that. Right. I don't want to go He's over a game for manager. It. Yeah. I mean, he's, you know, it's a kid who is pretty highly recruited coming out of college and you know, I mean, he just didn't play a lot. So, you know, they might be able to sneak up on some people. There's no doubt about that. And you know, I think the offensive line is still an issue they have to figure out, but you see the pieces coming together in the secondary with with um I'm blanking on the uh, LSU corner. Um, uh, yeah, right. Uh, number seven. Yeah, anyway, uh, Jalen Petrie at safety. It just, you know, Darryl's, Derek Stingley is who I was trying to think of. Yeah, and Stingley, yeah. um, yeah. I mean, they, they they all of a sudden have, you know, obviously had, had John Metchie not gotten hurt, I think their receiving
1: crew would look a little better. Um, and not gotten sick, I should say. Yeah, 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 that was a tough one.
7: Yeah, it was a tough one. But... And
1: Stingley, I mean, Stingley took a little bit of cajuns to draft that high because there yeah. was some talk about, you know, he may not go in the first round. Texans didn't have any hesitation.
7: Yep. And, and I heard that. I was, that was one of the the picks that helped me get a pretty good mock last year compared to recent years. Anyway, I, I had caught wind of their interest. And, uh, you know, James Lidford, one of their scouts spent a lot of time down in LSU doing all the background work and, you know, crossing the T's and dotting the I's and making sure that a player who looked at his best in 2019 as a true freshman and was off the last two years for, for myriad reasons that they could have faith in him and trust him and believe in this guy and and realize that the, the, the talent can, can come through. And, you know, it hasn't, you know, we haven't seen it yet. It's one game, but those are the kind of moves that can pay off in a big way down the road. Right. If you, if you land a a top tier corner, but Jerry Hughes was great in week one. Um, You know, I mean, they, they have right now a kind of a interesting cast of characters. We don't know if they're going to keep Lovey Smith. I mean, if they're good, I guess you have to, but um yeah like you said like the lions very similar in terms of building this thing from the ground up and and putting some interesting pieces together.
1: Yeah and I'd say say what you want about Lovey Smith his defense is going to overachieve right? every time. So every time they I create mean,
7: turnovers I mean like you know that's
1: a that's a formula for for winning it just it's proven over time. No doubt about it. Alright easy e eric edholm here nfl.com week 2 just a few hours away uh what what do you got cooking what can we expect to see over there at the uh the mother site nfl.com what do you got for us this
7: week yeah I'll be working on the games this weekend I actually got to look and see who I (laughs) which games (laughs) I have yeah I think about that a little bit but I think Tampa New Orleans uh Jameis is uh I don't know what you call it now because he tore the ACL against them last year but the you know the comeback game if you will against his former team and all that and
1: you
4: know,
7: I don't of, think there's a better
1: soundbite in football than Jameis stuff. Oh gosh,
7: he's amazing.
1: <laughs> Did you see the one where the elbows connected to your waistbone? Waist <laughs> <Yes. laughs> oh are you, man, what are we talking about out here? I mean, so, somebody asked
7: the uh, you know Aaron Rodgers talking about that ayahuasca, the the the, the medicinal uh, <laughs> slash you know uh, the drug that he's uh, been t- experimenting with. Somebody yeah, asked on rumors. Twitter like, yeah, yeah, yeah. who who would who would take it with him? Like he's talked about former teammates and other people around the league and about 90% of the responses were Jameis. Like they, they like those two should belong together in some kind of way. Their personalities. I mean, you know, but I picked Jameis as my comeback player of the year. And I I don't know if it happens. You know, I may, it was a stretch, but I just want to see this guy at his best for a full year. I want to see what it looks like. I want to, you know, we've seen moments we had, he was off to a good start last year, but can he do it? You tell me. I don't know. I mean, is he is he a
1: decent quarterback? Is he it's, just... It's funny because I picked him to win Comeback Player of the Year last year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. And I said, "Listen, when this guy is right in that offense, he could throw for five thousand. Absolutely, right. So that's the kind of quarterback he is. But yeah, it's been a it's been a health and durability issue more than a performance issue, I think. And Man, he's got the weapons there. Alavi, you know, Mike Thomas is a big if, but when he wants to play, he can yeah. be a huge game changer. So, my guy Marquez uh, Calloway makes some plays. They got. Yep. Tyson Hill is still somewhat of an X factor. So Kamara, yep. Yeah, Kamara. I mean, so and and, and the Saints, they're another one. They let their foot off the gas. Mariota had something to prove, and, and they go down 0-1. But I think they'll be in the mix. I think they have Tampa Bay. Uh, who they've had their number now right in the past and if Jameis beats Brady now we're gonna start scratching our head like is there some voodoo is it New Orleans voodoo doll involved with this matchup
7: yeah what's what's in the gumbo man I give me a ball dude I want to get a piece of I it's funny because I the reason I, I it's probably a flawed rot logic but the reason I didn't pick the Bucks to win the Super Bowl once we got into the playoffs last year was that Saints defensive performance against them on Monday night? I think it was Monday night or Sunday night. I don't remember in Tampa, nine nothing game or some crazy thing last year. It was it was one of the more dominant performances defensively of the year. That completely got in his head, and I thought people are just going to copy that plan. But I don't know if you can. I mean, the, they have a unique sort of setup there. They had good defense, though, and Dennis Allen. People I've talked to, and you know, who maybe were you know, questioning the move have said he's, he's done a really good job of just not trying to be Sean Payton, not, you know, having learned from his first head coaching experience, maybe there's coach of the year type stuff. If he wins 10 games.
1: I wouldn't be surprised. The saints are a team that they can go either way. They could be a really good team. They might not even make the playoffs. Absolutely. Wouldn't be surprised either way, but Hey, uh, I kept you longer than anticipated. Eric, always a pleasure talking ball with you, my man. And, uh, can't thank you enough for the time.
7: I appreciate it, man. I get around you. We just start blabbing, man. I, don't I know. Don't that's what happens. Good times. With good <laughs> I people. love
1: it. We'll, Have a good uh, we'll day, We'll do again someday, my friend. You got it. That's Eric Edholm. Make sure you go follow him on Twitter. One of the best reporters there is in the business. He's been doing it a long time, just as long, if not longer than I. And he probably doesn't appreciate me showing our age. But, hey, we've been doing this damn thing a little bit here. Uh, we got one hour of power in the books. When we come back, we'll kick off our second hour of power. We'll have NFL predictions later on in the show. Coming up next, we got former Philadelphia Eagles quarterback coach and longtime NFL coach uh, John D. Filippo will join us here on this football Friday. It's all brought to you by the Ocean Casino Resorts. Buckle up. Hit the like button. We'll be right back.
4: It's the number one news at 10 p.m. Action news on PHL 17. Join Shari Williams, Gray Hall, Deuces Rogers, and meteorologist Adam Joseph for all the big stories at a time that's right for you. Action news at 10 p.m. on PHL 17.
5: I get scared sometimes of a lot of things. Joining in, decisions, the dark. The dark.
2: We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first!
6: Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust.
2: Go bird.
6: And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go Birds.
1: Back at it again. It's the football playbook with your boy RIC and a place to be. Rick Saratella like it is when it comes to NFL, NFL draft, Eagles football. Hey, it's your home for real football talk. It's what we do here at Jacob sports. It's all Eagles all the time from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. We got tone holding it down behind the scenes until the 12 o'clock hour where sports take will take over followed by big seals. The Dan Silio show. And oh, by the way, Eagles pre- and post-game over there at the Gallery, Ocean Casino, Monday Night Football. Make sure you buckle up. It's a double-tin-strap affair. We just heard from good friend Eric Edholm from the NFL.com. Always a pleasure talking ball with him. And coming up right now, we have our next guest making a cameo here on a football Friday, Coach John D. Filippo checking in with us once again. Coach, always a pleasure. Thanks for coming back.
8: Rick, Tone, great to be with you guys today, baby. Let's Absolutely. go. Happy
1: Friday. Yeah, it's a football Friday, our second football Friday of the season. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you saw my show. I'm all fired up, ready to go.
8: Me too, man. I feel your energy, right? <laughs> Dang, Let's go.
1: Let's do it. Let's dive right into it. Jalen Hurts, to me, is a guy that just wins football games. I don't care how he gets it done. It's not always the prettiest. He was blitzed 15 times last week. Only Mahomes was blitzed more. I thought he fared well. Now, I will say, Coach, it's concerning when a quarterback takes 20 hits a game. It's concerning when he's taking helmet-to-helmet helmet hits, and it's concerning to do that over a course of 20-plus games, which the Eagles hope to play. However, that's who Jalen Hurts is. So do you? how do you approach this style of play? Do you kind of talk him down a little bit? Do you let him be the improviser that he is? Can he sustain – that style of play over the long haul, do you think?
3: Yeah,
8: let's start with the positives with the Eagles in terms of what I said. First off, anytime you go on the road in the NFL and score 38 points in, is a good thing. Um, I, I don't care who you're playing. I don't care who the other team is, who the other coach is, who the other quarterback is. Doesn't matter. You go on the road and score 38 points, that's a great start to the season, you know, with a big game Monday night against Minnesota coming in. So you know, you are one and zero in the win column with this. You know, a guy that's going into his second year as a full time starter. So that was unbelievably positive right there. Um, to get to your point, uh, when you when you coach these guys, you got to be really careful to not make them robots. And and uh, I mean, Jalen's been doing what he's been doing for a long, long time. And you know, I, I saw I tried to get on my all twenty two last night, and it wasn't it wasn't let me. But I did as much research as I could in, in terms of him running. And you know, a few times I saw him get 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 down under people where he wasn't taking a direct shot. Now they probably still counted that as a quarterback hit. I think all hits aren't created equal. And so, um, you know, the what I have experienced in is coaching Carson Palmer uh, later in his career. You know, in, in Oakland, and you know, I'd always be like, hey, you know, Carson, man, t- take off and go. You know, because he'd just stand back there, stand back there. He'd yeah. flip. That's that's part of my game. He goes, I'm six five, two 240 pounds. You know, that's part of my game. I, I can stand in there to the last minute and take the and take those shots. So, you know, that taught me a lot in terms of you you gotta be careful and, letting, and, and you gotta let these guys play the way they play. And so I think if you're seeing him try to get that extra yard, you know, before he gets out of bounds and getting blasts on the sidelines, to me that that hit is created a little is a little bit higher on the on the chart than a guy that's sliding and, and getting touched.
1: No, good points, and we talked about that last week with Carson Wentz because he had a tendency to slide 1st You're right, right. hurts, and I heard him talking yesterday. It goes back to his high school days because he was a big-time baseball player. His father was a football coach. So early on in high school, he was taught to slide, you know, all the way up, and then he said Saban drilled it into him at out of Alabama, and he's just continued to play that way. Now, I've heard some criticism – on this network and in the media outlets in philadelphia that this was not the progression that they wanted to see that this was not the next step of jalen hurts in the eagles offense i would beg to differ because i heard i can't remember if it was coach seriani or uh stiking basically saying this is the offense we created for jalen it's you know everybody expects him to sit back here and be this pocket passing progression type quarterback he they said no like it's really a two or three read offense. We saw, I think, 48% of the plays were off play action, a lot of RPO. But to me, like, that's the secret sauce. That's the recipe for success. And they basically said by the time he gets to that third read, a lot of times the better option is tucking and running. So let me ask you, Coach, did he progress enough? Is that the offense they need to do? Should he be in the pocket more? Like, how do they move forward for the next 16 games here?
8: You, you, now it's 17 games yeah. in the NFL season. Your book is 17 chapters long, and you're one oh. And again, um, I, I, I give a lot of credit to Coach Sirianni and his staff because I mean they're not trying to put a square peg in a round hole. They're they're letting their their quarterback do what he does best and. Like you said earlier in the show, it's not always going to be pretty. But at the end of the day, you come out of there with a win and 38 points on the road. So I, I and the other thing, too, is, you know, everyone's ready to crown the Super Bowl champion after week one. Everyone's getting ready to say what coaches are getting fired after week one. We have a lot of football to play, okay, a lot of football to play. So I don't think you can say, hey, you know, this young player who's still, you know, learning a lot is, is not a finished product. I think you'll see week four you'll see uh, you know, better, a better quarterback player. It, this, it's going to be fun to watch him grow because whenever you have something that that's athletic, you can throw it like that. To me as a coach, that is so fun to mold because you can do so many dynamic things with a player like that.
1: Coach, it's like you were watching the show yesterday. I was, I was right up here saying enjoy the ride you're watching the maturation of Jalen Hurts weekend he's only in his third year this is his second year as a starter the first time he's been in the same offensive scheme since going back to high school like the best is yet to come I said the same exact thing and you know the other question that came up in his press conference yesterday was the distribution amongst targets now A.J. Brown I think you saw 13, 15 targets. Nobody else on the team got more than four. Obviously a big deal's been made out of Devonta Smith had zero catches. As a coach, do you address that? Do you just let it ride? Jalen said, hey, I can't call it from week to week. It's any given Sunday. What do you make of the whole ball distribution between AJ and Devonta? And does that cause drama in the locker room if it continues to be distributed that way? I don't know
8: those two players, so I can't answer that question. But you know, from what I hear, those two those two guys are tremendous people. So I, I doubt that. From co- coaches that I have a lot of respect for, say those two players are tremendous people. So I, I doubt that. Your game plan changes each week. Um, there's some weeks you attack the opponent outside in if they're if they're weak in the secondary. You may may they're starting a couple rookie corners or rookie safety. Then there's some games you when you know you're playing a, a Patrick Peterson and Richard Sherman's and those those type of guys where you play the game a little bit more inside out with tight end running back matchups against the backer. So, you go in on, on on when you put the game to bed on Monday morning, you you, you you the first thing you look at as a coach is okay where are we better than these folks, and where is the best plan of attack where we can get our best players the ball. I mean, you saw it in seventeen, in their weeks we fed Alshon and and Torrey and. There's weeks we got Darren Sproles and, and and obviously Zach Ertz involved. It's just it it, it it it's an ebb and flow of different ways you play the game. And, and you don't play each game the same, Rick. You just don't. Um, I, I I've you know told I've been you know told by people, you know, I ask defensive coaches, what do you do against a team that's struggling against the blitz? We blitz. What do you do against a team that's struggling against throwing against zone? Well, we play zone. It's the same way on offense. Yeah. If you're playing a team that's struggling against the run, you're running. If you're playing the team that, like in 2018, with the uh, when I was at the Minnesota Vikings, we played the Green Bay Packers. They had three rookies in the secondary. You know, and you know we're going to run it. Like you know, with it Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen. Right. But that's not how you play. So that's a, again, that's a philosophical thing, and people may disagree with me. And that's fine. I mean, we can sit around and have a diet coke and talk about it, but. Um, you know, that's that's what I believe in, I, and I think you watch the Eagles, and you know, they, they attack people differently each week, it's really impressive.
1: Yeah, put a little caffeine in my diet, Cook. There, Coach. Yeah. you got Coach John D, Flip D Filippo here with us on a Football Friday Affair Football Playbook. Uh, Rick Saratella here with you. Make sure you hit the like button. So, I want to ask you about the Vikings offense in a second here, but you mentioned. The game plan changes from week to week. I actually like the running game plan. We saw four different rushers from four different players. It hasn't happened in 60 years here to me. Like I liked what I saw from miles Sanders. I think this might be the committee approach might be the best way to maximize his potential. And what you just said, do it. If it works, like I saw them go back on consecutive plays back to back, do the same play they did 12 personnel. They brought in Stoll and Goddard on the same side, and one of them resulted in a big 24-yard run by Miles Sanders where he had a second effort. But the vision, the patience, allowing the holes to develop and then burst and accelerate through the hole, this was about as good of a game as I saw Miles Sanders play. Would you? You said every game plan is different. Now, would you stick to that recipe of success and kind of employ – the committee. We saw Kenneth Gainwell get in on the action. Even Boston Scott got more reps than I think a lot of people anticipated. Did you like that style? Of uh, yeah, I think
8: it depends on the running back room you have. Uh, there, there's certain runners that you know need some carries to get to get it going a little bit. You know, um when I was in nineteen with Leonard Fournette, you know Leonard that year, um, he had 1,300 yards rushing, 700 yards receiving. Uh, Leonard was better as the game went along and, uh, you know, so some backs are, are better as the game goes along and then some guys, you know, it just all depends on the player to me. Like there's some guys that can, you, you know, maybe their body types different where you only want them to get 10 to 12 rushes a game, maybe eight rushes a game over the course of the season, you know, and multiply that times 17. So I think it all depends on the player. Obviously it worked last week for the Eagles. So, you know, I would anticipate seeing the same thing going forward.
1: By the way, your 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 guy uh playoff Lenny, did you see the hit he delivered on Micah Parsons? He
8: who was that? I'm sorry.
1: Uh Leonard Fournette, he blew up oh. Micah Parsons last yeah, week. He did. did you happen to see that one, Coach? Yeah,
8: that was a really nice chip block.
1: Yeah. Blew really him nice. up. And uh Mike Defensive coaches don't like
8: those. The offensive coaches keep rewinding that in the film room on Monday night.
1: Yeah, Par- Parsons was a little bit upset about it, but uh he lit him up. That was a fun one. All right, hey, we got Coach Flip here. It's an honor and a privilege. Anytime we can talk with the old ball coach, uh, you mentioned your time with the Vikings. The the offense really is explosive. I don't I don't think you want to get in a track meet with with uh, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook. The Eagles had a tough tough time wrapping up and tackling, and we saw uh, Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift carry some defenders. We saw missed tackles all over the field. They led the league in missed tackles last week. Fifteen missed tackles. This Vikings offense is even more explosive. The Lions put up 35. This team is capable of being even more if you allow them to. And I I made an argument like, hey, as good as A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith are, the Eagles fans don't like to hear it. Give me Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. That's a heck of a one-two combination. Going into this matchup, how do you kind of – you're not going to stop Justin Jefferson, right? No. But How do you kind of try to contain him?
8: No, and there's certain things, you know, it's, it's funny you say that because um, when you're a coordinator, you do these things called production meetings. Uh, and, you know, when you're at the national game, it's usually Joe Buck and Troy Aikman when you're an NFC team. That's the way it was. I don't know. I know they're in Amazon and all that now. Yeah, right. But um, Troy Aikman said something to me that was – really hit home and and made a lot of sense. He goes, you know, this will be interesting to see because the defensive coaches on both sides of the football in this game are are really good. You can double-double people like the Patriots did against us with Thielen and Diggs. Okay, your receiving core, this is what Troy told me, is only as good as your third option, okay, whether it be a tight end or a receiver. Because if they try to take two people away and double-double on third down, OK, they're going to get their yards on first and second down play action. They're going to get their yards. But when it's nut cutting time and it's third and eight, OK, who's your best third option? And it makes a lot. It made a lot of sense to me. So I think you're going to see that. It'll be interesting to see who, who that third option is on, on both teams. Number one. Number two, I think the last time. Well, in 2018, we came to Philadelphia when I was in Minnesota, the year after the Super Bowl and, and, and played the Eagles and won. Um, and it was a dogfight, and this game is going to be a dogfight as well. I mean, it's the opening opening game for in Philadelphia at the Lincoln. I mean, that place is going to be loud. It's going to be it's going to be. Oh, I'm back. Okay, um, it's going to be awesome atmosphere. I think, uh, you know, I, I do think Minnesota is going to try to come out and run it a little bit early. Uh, I do. That would wouldn't shock me at all. Um, Kevin O'Connell is a really good football coach. I worked with him in Cleveland, he was the quarterback coach when I was the OC there.
1: Mm, and, um, interesting,
8: so yeah, it's going to be a really him. good game, a really good game. And, and, uh,
1: did we lose coach there for a moment, Tone? Hopefully, we pop him back over there. I don't know, he crossed paths with Kevin O'Connell. I definitely want to pick his brain on that if we can pop him back up. Uh, you're listening to or you're watching if you're on YouTube to the football playbook with Rick Saratella, RIC and a place to be presented by ocean casino resorts. Why don't we take a quick break tone? We'll see if we can pop coach back on and we'll be back right after this.
0: Go to get your game on, go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit.
3: Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth.
4: It's the number one news at 10 p.m. Action News on PHL 17. Join Shari Williams, Gray Hall, Deuces Rogers, and meteorologist Adam Joseph for all the big stories at a time that's right for you. Action News at 10 p.m. on PHL 17. I get
5: scared sometimes of a lot of things. Joining in, decisions, the dark. The dark.
2: We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go passionately. Go fearlessly.
6: Go confidently.
1: Go first.
6: <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Billy's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles we're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go bird. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go bird.
1: It again. All good coach TFB RIC chopping it up, breaking it down with coach John Filippo. We were just getting into uh, the guts and glory of our interview because I wanted to pick your brain about this one, Kevin O'Connell. I was talking about him earlier in the show. Bad job on me by not realizing you crossed paths with him in, in Cleveland there. So I want to pick your brain on him because he seems like a bright young coach. I remember him coming out. It seems like yesterday, uh, covering him for the draft, but he's from the Sean McVay tree. I really like the coaching staff. He surrounded himself a very well experienced staff. Seems like he knows what he doesn't know. I'm curious. uh, You worked day in and day out with this man in the building. What can you tell us about Kevin O'Connell?
8: Yeah, my first uh, time I crossed paths with Kevin was uh, actually the New York Jets. Uh, He was a player for us. He'd gotten released by the New England Patriots and we signed with the Jets. That's right. So and then uh, that's where Mike Pettin and I crossed paths, and then that's where Mike Pettin and Kevin and I all crossed paths. Was at the Jets, and then we all ended up in Cleveland together. Um, Kevin is a very humble guy, um, very bright. Um, I think I would agree with that. I don't think Kevin is has the ego to where if he's going to listen to people, he's got really good 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 coaches on that staff. You know, you got Mike Pettin. You got Ed Donatel. I mean, those those two guys on the defensive side of the football are Greg. Greg's yeah. and um, you know, so he surrounded himself with with really good people and guys that have been in the NFL a long time. Uh Kevin is, is gonna be aggressive. Um, he uh everything will be very, very detailed. Um there'll be you'll see ways that you know they're gonna have different ways to that they know they can get, you know, try to get after the Eagles a little bit. Uh, you know, I haven't watched any of the tape, so but Kevin will have all that down. And I'm really happy for him. You know, that's a big win for him last weekend at home. You know, to start off one zero at home, and, and you know we always say the division games almost count as two. So uh, you know, not only you win a game in, in the NFC, but you win a game in the division at home to open your head coaching career against and against the Green Bay Packers. So that's like the coaching trifecta right there. So I'm really happy for Kevin, and he'll do a really good job there. They're, they're a good. That's a good football team now.
1: No, it is a good football team. And you mentioned the uh, home field advantage. The Eagles will be home for Monday night football primetime affair. We saw it last week they went into Detroit. They had not sold standing room only tickets coach. in I think like six years or so, everybody was buying into the Dan Campbell hype. Now it's Philadelphia's turn. They come home, maybe a little home field advantage. I got to ask you. What's it like being down there on the sideline? I would imagine it doesn't matter how long you coach in this league. First home game, time affair, still going to be a little bit of butterflies, even though it's Coach Seriani's second year in the job. You still get a little bit of butterflies, yes?
8: If you don't get butterflies, in my opinion, as a player or a coach, I don't think you care enough, to Actually. be honest with you. I mean, I, if, if – and, like, we're all human, and, you know, my, I can relate a little bit. I've been on both sides of that, not in the first opening game, but – you know, in 2018, I'm um, no see the Vikings, and we come into Philadelphia, and it was a, it was, I don't know when I, when I got cut out, so, when I got cut off there. So, um, we ended up winning the football game, but it was a dogfight, and it's going to be that, you know, on Monday night, um, you know, the Eagles fans, like they always are, will be fired up and ready to roll, um, which has always been impressive. It's one of the best home field advantages in all f- football. I don't care if you're talking high school, college, or the pros. Yeah, Uh, it's one of the best in all all football. And and obviously on that stage on Monday night will be I wish I could be there. It's going to be freaking sweet.
1: It is. It's going to be outstanding atmosphere. Everybody's going to be riled up. The Ocean Casino is going to have the pre and post game down there in Atlantic City. And we will see, you know, Kirk Cousins is a guy, as you alluded to, he could sit back there. He could pick you apart. I think he works the short to intermediate game really well. And, you know, he he might not get the respect he deserves, Coach, but at the end of the day, this is a $40 million quarterback. I mean, Kirk Cousins makes $40 million a year. So let me ask you this. What's the best way to attack Kirk Cousins in this offense? We only saw, I think, 15% blitz rate last week. Jonathan Gannon says he needs to make some adjustments. How would you kind of uh, apply the pressure on Kirk Cousins, I would assume?
8: I I think that's how you get after any quarterback. I mean, that's no whatever statement of the day, but I think that's how you get it. Anytime you can get a quarterback off the spot, you know, eight yards, eight and a half yards deep where your right foot is, anytime you can get him off that spot, I, I think, and make him move his feet and make him rush his decision making, because playing quarterback is—it's about three things: it's about decision making, timing, and accuracy. And when you force a quarterback maybe to make a quicker decision than he wants, his timing gets thrown off, and then obviously the accuracy gets thrown off. So all those three of those things really work together in, in playing the quarterback position at, at any level. So you know, working with Kirk for a year, I think Kirk Cousins is one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the league. Um, You look at his stat line. I know stats. I get it. It's all about wins. Let's just put that aside for a second. All right. Kirk Cousins won a lot of football games, too. But I get it where they haven't been to the NFC Championship. They haven't been to and won the Super Bowl. I got it. But, you know, you look at 18, his first year at the Vikings, he was the first player in NFL history to throw for, you know, over 4,000 yards, 30 touchdowns, 10 or less interceptions, and 70% completion percentage. First guy in NFL history. So, I mean, you know, Kirk can throw the football, okay? He can freaking throw it. And he's got a much stronger arm than I gave him credit for when I was in Philadelphia. He's in Washington. I worked with him in Minnesota. Um, you know, Kirk's not that big of a guy. Like, he's, I wouldn't say he's slight, but he's he's not that big of a guy. But the thing is, knock on wood for him, he's always available. I'm not sure he's ever missed a game. Yeah, and, you're right. You know, um, I, I really think he he's a, a really, a really good player. And, and people knock on him for this and for that. I'm like, kid guy's a good player.
1: No, and availability is still your best ability. I don't care who you are, what position you play. And we're uh, uh, glad to be joined by Coach Flip here, longtime NFL offensive coordinator, of course, quarterback coach for your world champion, Philadelphia Eagles. And I want to ask you about, a quarterback now shifting gears within the division. Dak Prescott goes down. The Dallas Cowboys were ill prepared for this situation coach, because when it came down and when it came time to 53 uh, man cut down, they only kept Dak on the roster. They thought so much of their backups, Cooper Rush and Ben DiNucci. They didn't even include him on the 53 man roster. Now Cooper Rush is back. He'll get the start in the short term. I mean, how do you prepare for this if you're a coach? Obviously, you've got to change the game plan. We're hearing 6 weeks, maybe 8 weeks, which is half the season. Uh I joked down in Atlantic City, I got, you know, a 6 6-foot six hole dug in the beach here and ready for the Cowboys demise. Any chance they survive this uh setback here and how do you game plan and prepare if you're the Dallas Cowboys?
8: Well, they're still an NFL team, and, and they have really good players. They have explosive players. They're, they're they're good on defense. So I think if they can if they can kind of slow the game down a little bit, I I think that you know Zeke's going to have to he's going to have to carry a load here. I mean, he's going to have to be a really a important piece of the plan here. In, in my past, when we've had situations like this, we've tried to milk the clock a little bit. And, and play a 17-14 game um, where, you know, I don't give the play till 20 seconds and we don't snap it till two or three seconds. And, um, you know, you can play the game that way. Um, you know, and I, I feel bad for Dak. I know we're on an Eagle, Eagle show here, but I mean, you don't want to see any player get hurt, you know, especially a player of that caliber, uh, you know, but hopefully he'll get back sooner than later, but it's, it's hard. I'm not going to lie. It's, 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 it's You know, we were fortunate in 17 where we had, you know, Nick Foles there, you know, as a backup. I'm not saying that we wanted Carson to go down or tear his ACL. I mean, Carson was the MVP of the league, going to be the MVP of the league that year. And, um, but at least we had an established guy that not only played games, but played games in Philadelphia. I mean, you know, we were very, very fortunate to have to be able to move on to Nick. And um, it doesn't seem like they have that down there right now. Uh, So, I've learned in the NFL, I'm mad at myself when I'm shocked about something. So if they made a move, it wouldn't shock me. If they if they didn't make a move, it wouldn't shock me. Uh but it's really hard to sign a guy mid-year and expect him to come in and play. I mean, it, you know, when when we traded Sam Bradford to the Vikings, I think he sat the first week or, you know, played limit, limited role. It's just it's just hard uh and then obviously you got to give up I think the Vikings gave the Eagles a first-round draft pick. So now you got to give up draft capital. So there's that whole domino effect of things that can happen when a situation like this happens. And uh, it's unfortunate for the Cowboys, and obviously it's unfortunate for Dak. But um, hopefully he's back sooner than later.
1: Well, you mentioned good friend Nick Foles. If I was the Dallas Cowboys, I'd be maybe making a phone call, putting in an inquiry there if I I was Jerry Jones and Will McClay. Um, Speaking of old friends, Carson Wentz, Got off to a W against our good friend Doug Peterson. Uh, more good than bad. A bunch of touchdowns, couple interceptions. Not sure how much you got to see of it, but they get those same Detroit Lions in Detroit. Uh, thoughts and impressions from Carson Week One. I thought they looked good. Yeah, I
8: was happy for him. I thought <laughs> he looked real good. Now I know he had the back-to-back picks. I saw him. I mean, it's you know, right. it happens. But I mean. I thought he played pretty good. I thought those guys did a nice job schematically. Um, you know, uh, it, they did a really nice. I thought they did a really nice job up front. It didn't. It didn't look like I said. I, I watched some of the game. I didn't watch the whole thing. It didn't look like Carson was getting a ton of pressure. So I thought they did a good job up front against the Jaguars' D line, and and uh, that was a big win for those guys. And well, like said, we, we talked playing. last week about Carson a little bit. Yeah, it's it's. And we talked about fit. Where he needed them, and they needed him, and and usually good things happen, and I was happy for him that that came to fruition.
1: Well, if they keep playing the way they do, and and they get pick up the W this week, suddenly they're two and O. We just mentioned Dak Prescott's out. Suddenly the doors it's open again. Funny it's funny in, in the East. NFL,
2: Rick,
8: and Tone. How when you start stacking those games, th- that's when it becomes fun because obviously you're winning. Number one, obviously that's winning's fun. We all know that, but every game now becomes a little bit. More important, when you Absolutely. get on a roll, man, it, it, oh, this this there's a little flow to the season. Like, you know, hey, can we dig ourselves out from a three-game losing streak? Hey, can can we not start reading the press clippings after a four-game winning streak? You know, hey, let's challenge ourselves to do this. Let's challenge ourselves to do that. So you're always battling either side of the coin, you know, and that's that's part of the fun part of of navigating through an NFL season.
1: Yeah, I think it's about getting hot at the right time too. Wow. Like in 2017, you guys were riding, riding high into the playoffs. It's about that too. You, you know, you don't want to shoot your load too early and 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 peak too early because it's a long season, especially with the added game. Uh, it's a gauntlet, right? And so uh, we'll be keeping an eye on that for sure. Uh, the New York Giants have a lot of hot hope and optimism too after Week One, and I I think they've got an easy matchup. But I think Carolina. So suddenly the the NFC East could become a lot more difficult than the Eagles fans had anticipated. We, we talked about it
8: last week. How it was going to be interesting division. Yes, we did. Boy, we it's did. true, and it's going to be fun to watch. And um, like I told you guys last week, Coach Dayball. Now I, I told you, he changed the whole script and trying to establish something up there. He went forward on that two point conversion, and hats off to him, man. I'll That's tell you, great, what I said great, great job.
1: Brian, biggest day balls of them all, man. A good for that play. What well, That is gutsy. And why not, right? Why not? Why, why not? I love that. I love it.
8: Okay. And, and you know, my dad grew up a huge Giants fan because he grew up in Massachusetts. So I grew up, like, following the Giants. And I still follow Giants. I worked there for two years. But, obviously, they've been down and out. If you're a new coach, and they've been down and out the last, what, eight years? Ten years? A decade. Yeah. Right? I mean – and, and and why not why not make go for two in your first games as a head coach you get trying to establish new culture even if you don't get it the players know that you had trust in them period yeah the even giants if you don't get it it is going to still go a long ways and my, hats off to coach dayball he i am I'm, I'm i've been impressed with him for a long time yeah um but now I've gotten to just be around him a little bit you know um uh, even more
1: impressed i think they got it right finally because yeah. they were they were really antsy to get run talk call, Coughlin out of town and they went through oh. the coaching carousel there right they went through uh, Shermer and McAdoo and uh, judge and finally finally they got a guy that I can believe in and let's be let's be frank the Giants are an all-time historical franchise the league is just a better place it is New York football Giants It is.
4: it's like the world. NBA
8: and I know we're on the NFL show here but the the nba is better when the knicks are relevant it just it just is it's more fun you know it's just more fun and And the same way with the giants it's yeah it's more fun when the giants are relevant
1: and it's hard to believe over the last five years the giants and jets are tied for the worst record believe it or not so
8: i I wasn't i knew that i wasn't going to say that on the show to to (laughs) throw uh dirt on the grave you know like but i knew that stat and and when I read that about a month ago, I was, that kind of blew me away a little bit.
1: Yeah. Well, I know coach, we're keeping you a little bit longer here. I want to get your thoughts and impressions on some other quarterbacks, some other week one thoughts. We saw uh, Patrick Mahomes again last night. I didn't get to see too much of it, but um, you know, we mentioned Hertz was, was blitzed. uh, I think 15 times. Mahomes was blitzed last week, 21 times. He saw five touchdowns in week one. He had another, uh, Near flawless game, 24 for 35, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. The Chiefs keep on winning games despite the cast of characters seem to continue to turn over and change. But this Patrick Mahomes, I mean, I just said last segment, he is the best pound for pound, dollar for dollar player in the NFL. I would agree.
8: I mean, you know, there's some defensive players that are really good that can change the game. You know with the sack fumble or whatever this guy touches the ball every single snap i mean you're waiting as a fan or as a, a teammate or as a coach when you're watching this guy you, you're what what's going to happen next okay so you're going to throw a sidearm pass is he going to spin out and, and throw the ball 60 yards down the field um you're just waiting you're on the edge of your seat watching this guy to see what's what's going to happen next and uh it, it's it's a lot of fun i mean i was out there this spring to watch them in their mandatory camp and the command the thing that's i don't think it's talked about enough because he's so dynamic in what he does is there's no doubt who's in charge on that field like when you watch their practice i mean there's it's you can really tell the maturation in that piece of his if his game is you know to where it needs to be for a franchise guy i mean there, there's no doubt who's who's the sheriff out there you know obviously coach reed with the boss but when it comes to the practice and the and and all that, he runs the
3: show.
1: Yeah, and they've done a great job, uh, you know, patching the offensive lineup year to year. And then, you know, Justin Watson comes out of nowhere. Uh you know, McColl Hardman is stepping up now, and uh Tyree Ku. It's like
4: <laughs> we I don't even notice, right? It's it's, it's it's
8: amazing. And, and... Obviously, they have the dynamic dynamic tight end. I mean, he he yeah. opens up a lot of things and yeah, for the outside guys as well. I mean, you have to always have a body on that guy on on Kelsey. And and uh, when you have a dynamic player, I like where I've you, you have dynamic. Court. Let's talk about a, like a dynamic receiver. People are always like, well, you know, he only affects you know eight eight plays a game. No, okay. So this is where I've had some 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 vocal discussions with people in the past about receiving receiver play is it helps the run game because you have, a lot of times you have to play a, a safe, two high safeties when you have a dynamic player like a dynamic wideout of Justin Jefferson, uh, A.J. Brown, uh, two guys like that that we're going to see on Monday night. You have to account for those guys every single play. So a lot of times that opens up things for other people. It opens up the run game. It opens up a lot of things. So they have a, not only a dynamic quarterback, but they have a dynamic another dynamic player in the skill position that opens up a lot of things for everybody.
1: Yeah, I, I would say Kelsey's the best tight end in the game right now. So when absolutely, you two best players at their position on the same offense, Mahomes and Kelsey. Wow! And,
8: and we have a term a term I've used. I don't want to say we. A term I've used in the run game with tight ends is just lose with dignity, man. Like you know, you don't have to be a trained killer like in the run game but lose with dignity, and Kelsey blocks his butt off in the run game. So not only is he dynamic in, in the pass game, but that guy is, is not a liability in the run game at all. And, and so, again, it just shows you great players want to be great at everything. They want to be great at everything.
1: No, you're right, and I would I would argue Rob Gronkowski probably didn't get enough credit for his blocking capability. to Big plays catching the ball, right? But he Absolutely, Gronk,
8: Gronk. You see him get just as fired up after he pancakes somebody that he does in a touchdown pass.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. Hey, Coach Flip here with Rick Saratello, the football playbook coach. I know you got to go. Any other performances from week one? Anything that stood out to you? Anything else uh, that you want to talk about before we let you boogie?
8: Yeah, I'd be shocked if we don't see Joe Burrow bounce back. You know, um, I, I'd be really shocked that he's, he's too high character a kid and, and they're, they're too good on offense for him not to bounce back. Um, I think you know Josh Allen will obviously will continue to he, he to continue to play well. Um, these are some of the guys I wrote down. We have already talked about Mahomes and Cousins, and uh, yeah. I'm just excited for for everyone you know in Philadelphia and Rick and Tony. I'm excited for you guys to for Monday night. Let's go! This oh, is going to be a good We're one. We're so Strap fired up, and man.
1: Yeah, no, and, and real quick on Burrow, like I don't know if it was the appendix because he had that. Whole procedure just a couple weeks ago, or if it was just a bad game. But if I was a betting man, I would say he's probably not going to turn the ball over five times probably the rest of the season at any single. Right.
8: Um, He had a very similar game in two thousand twenty last year, week two against us in Chicago, where he threw back to back to back interceptions. Boom, boom, boom. One of them returned for a touchdown, and obviously they went on to win the Super Bowl. an interesting study which now I had like I told you guys I have a lot of time on my hands an interesting study to talk about that I don't think it's talked about enough is what's the win loss ratio of teams that did not play their starters in the preseason you know I, that, that would be in know? my opinion have we not, done have no we right done the uh... answer to that there's no right or wrong answer to that because if I'm a head coach okay I would rather lose week 1 than lose a primetime player playing six snaps in the first preseason game. Uh, you know, I'd rather roll the dice and say, hey, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna go to Vegas and bet, bet my money that this player is going to continue to do this as he gets more playing time and more comfortable. Uh, but that would be an interesting thing to, to look at.
1: We need Stats Inc. to get on that. Somebody... Let's, go. Let's that <laughs> hey, we, hey, Tone, we need an intern to get on that for next week so we can break it down and chop it up. Coach, you mentioned you have some time on your hands. Hopefully, we could have you back uh, next week if you're available. We'd love to. This is all a lot right. of fun, man. I there love being go. with
8: you. Rick, I love being with you and Tone. All this right, let's book awesome.
1: it. We'll come back next football Friday. Until then, uh, you know, we'll bottle up those emotions. We'll uh, watch all the excitement. Hey, don't peek too soon, baby.
8: Don't peek too soon. Game's not till Monday night.
1: Right. All right? And Hassan Reddick talked about that on a primetime game. You got to pace yourself on those exactly. Monday night football matchups. Right. So uh, we'll pace ourselves and we'll come back. We'll chop it up. We'll break it down. Coach John D. Filippo of your world champion, Philadelphia Eagles. Thank you so much, coach.
8: Thanks guys. Have a great, have a great weekend.
1: Hey, what's better than that. Talking with coach flip on a football Friday. It's the football playbook brought to you by ocean casino resorts on the Jacob sports channel. Make sure you hit the like button, subscribe to the channel. Hey, we're going to go around the league right after this when we come back after we pay some bills go ahead Tom
0: go to get your game on go for the beers go for the cheers go for the hit and the hits go for the stakes and the stakes. go to get your parlay on go to get your party on Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit.
3: Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one, and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles.
4: It's the number one news at 10 p.m. Action news on PHL 17. Join Shari Williams, Gray Hall, Deuces Rogers, and meteorologist Adam Joseph for all the big stories at a time that's right for you. Action news at 10 p.m. on PHL 17.
2: Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go
6: confidently.
2: Go first!
6: Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, go bird. and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds.
1: It again, TFB with RIC here yeah, on this September 16th at the Football Friday Affair. Can't believe we got almost two hours of power in the books, man. Shout out to all the chat room people. Appreciate all the old faces, the new faces. Jeremiah, Sean, 007, Monster, GG Meta. What a great job out of uh, Coach Flip. You heard him just say he'll be back here next Friday for another Football Friday Affair. We had Eric Edholm from NFL.com in hour one breaking it down and chopping it up and it's a football friday so you know what time it is it's time for the ric pick them time for the ric pick them now last week i went nine and seven against the spread not bad we'll take it against the spread that's with the points nine and seven best bet baltimore ravens locked it in One to know on the best bets so we're going to do this every football Friday and give you our predictions for the league where they play for pay. All right, let's kick it off with the Miami Dolphins traveling to the Baltimore Ravens, two teams that are kicking off 1-0. and We got two attack of Valoa trying to prove that he is the guy to move forward with there. Is it a matter of time before we see Teddy Bridgewater? Folks are already clamoring for that. Uh, the Ravens at home. Lamar Jackson, he's got a chip on his shoulder, playing for a long-term contract. Three touchdowns last week. They blew out the Jets. J.K. Dobbins is supposed to make his season debut. Kenyon Drake, we saw last week, uh, picked up off the waiver wire. You know, at the end of the day, Baltimore is going to be too much. For this Miami Dolphins team to handle. I feel like Lamar Jackson is on a mission. And he's out to make a point. And you know what? We're doing these picks on the Superfly here. Not only am I going to take the Ravens minus three and a half. I'm going to double down on Baltimore as my best bet of the week again. Again. I'm going to double down on the Baltimore Ravens. I think this is a blowout. Over under 44 and a half. I got Baltimore 38. 17, taking care of business, that is your Baltimore Ravens. They trashed the New York Jets last week. We talked about the Jets being the bottom of the barrel of the league. Quite frankly, a laughingstock. Robert Saylor, you are, you know, Krusty the Clown, and we got a Krusty the Clown reference from Eric home. Robert Saylor might be wearing the Krusty the Clown costume for Halloween. That's because he said he's keeping receipts. He's got receipts on New York media that doubt him, that doubt the New York Jets. Well, Coach Saylor, keep my receipt. I got the Browns covering the six and a half points because quite frankly, your team stinks. It's terrible. It's terrible. And Jacoby Brissett is going to beat you. I got the Browns in this one. Coach Kevin Stefanski. Too much firepower. Nick Chubb, 141 yards rushing last week. Kareem Hunt, 70 scrimmage yards. Amari Cooper, a technician in the receiving game. Donovan People jones had six catches for 60 yards last week. Just too much firepower, even with Jacoby Brissett in there. Joe Flacco can't keep pace with this cast of characters. Sorry, Corey Davis. Sorry, Ali John Moore. You just don't have what it takes. I'm going to go Browns minus the six and a half, the over under 39 and a half, probably an under on that one. We talked about the Washington commanders. They're going to go up there in Detroit. Maybe not as much fanfare, not as much crowd ambiance. We shall see. I'd be impressed if the Lions sell it out again for the second week in a row. The Washington commanders, you just heard, Coach Flip say he liked what he saw from Carson Wentz, 27-41, 313 yards. Yes, he had the two interceptions, but the good outweighed the bad. Four touchdowns. However, however I think the Lions are a tough out. I, I really do. I think this is going to be a tough ball game. I don't think it's as high scoring as the Eagles game. I do think it goes down to the wire. I'm going to give the Lions a slight edge here. At home, the point spread has come down here in Vegas. At one time, it was three points, I believe. Now down to one. The money is coming in on Detroit. I'm going to take the Lions getting the one and a half. I don't think they need the stinking points. I think the Lions win this game outright, probably under on the 48 and a half. But give me the Lions over the Commanders at home on this football Sunday. All right, Indianapolis Colts at Jacksonville Jaguars. Colts could not take care of the Texans last week. Jonathan Taylor, 175 scrimmage yards. Naheem Hines also getting into the action with six catches. He's that third down back, 50 yards receiving out of the backfield. The Colts have an interesting dynamic with Matt Ryan coming in. Uh, They've had a kind of revolving door at the quarterback position. I think the Colts are built for the long run. I know they didn't take care of business in week one against the Texans. They came out with the tie. We just mentioned the Jaguars lost to the Washington Commanders last week. I liked what I saw out of Trevor Lawrence. They've got a one-two combination of their own in the backfield. James Robinson, Travis Etienne. However, I think the Colts go on the road down there in Jacksonville. They're going to come away with the W, Three and a half. I think it's a coin toss game. It probably comes down to a field goal. Man, this was tough. The hook is getting me. I'm going to go with the Colts. I think the Jonathan Taylor touchdown run at the end will be the difference in this one. We'll lay the three and a half. Not feeling great about it. 45 over and under. I think that's an under. Buccaneers minus two and a half over the Saints. The Saints have had. The Bucks number. They won the last seven in a row. It's hard to believe. The Saints have won seven in a row. They lead the all-time series thirty-nine to twenty-one. They beat. They actually shut out the Bucks when they met in last December nine nothing. They also won in the shootout thirty-six to twenty-seven in October. Todd Bowles taking over the reins. Dennis Allen taking over the reins. Two new first-year head coaches. I I have to believe the Buccaneers get off the snide on this one. How many games in a row are the Saints going to win? The names have changed to protect the innocent. Jameis Winston in at quarterback, 269 yards last week, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. I think he'll play well again, but I think the Bucs take care of business. Minus the two and a half, we'll lay the points. We'll take the Bucs on the road. 44 and a half, I think that's an over. How about the Giants getting off the snide? Brian, biggest day balls of them all, going for two, going for the win. I think the Giants are going to be 2-0 and when it's all said and done. Carolina, they're heading for the first overall pick, if you ask me. Baker Mayfield, two touchdowns last week, had a costly interception, was efficient overall. But give me the Giants in this one at home, coming off the win, They're riding high. Kayvon Thibodeau says he's going to play, but I think Saquon Barkley is going to be the X factor. He is the one that's going to put this team over the hump. I liked what I saw from Barkley and Sterling Shepard. Shout out to Tate Crowder on defense. He's, He's emerged as a player for that Giants defense. This one is going to be close. Giants are laying two. It's going to be a close game. I think they cover... This is probably one of the only times I'll pick the Giants all season long unless they prove to really be a sustainable program. Give me the New York football Giants minus the two to go 2-0. New England Patriots travel to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't think a lot of teams thought the Steelers were going to beat the Bengals last week. We talked about Joe, Joe Burrow's five interceptions, but give credit where credit is due. Mitchell Trubisky here, played an efficient game, and it's going to be his team. Najee Harris is going to alleviate some of that pressure. I think the Steelers have a very good balanced offensive attack. Uh, You can't discount the playmakers, whether it's Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Pat Fryermuth, the baby Gronk. The Steelers have underrated weapons here. I think Pittsburgh is going to control the game. This one is a very low over under at 40 and a half. It probably will be a low scoring affair. I see these another two point spread. I think the Steelers get the win at home. Alex Highsmith coming out of Charlotte. Know him very well. He's just a high motor guy. Not the most talented. Not the most athletic. But his motor is nonstop. And Alex Highsmith had three sacks last week. You know why? Because of effort and energy. So when you talk about. Highsmith up front, Miles Jack in the second level, Cameron Hayward's always a problem, Minka Fitzpatrick had 14 tackles and a 31-yard interception return. Don't be surprised if Minka Fitzpatrick strikes again, not Ryan Fitzpatrick, who you saw on the Amazon pregame. Give me the Steelers, minus the two points there. Rams minus 10 over the Falcons. I see the time clicking away. I think the Falcons are going to be in this game. I'm going to take the Falcons plus the points. I did not like what I saw from the Rams week one. Maybe a little Super Bowl hangover. Double-digit points in week two is too much. And I'll say the same for the Seahawks. Getting nine. Getting nine after that week one performance. Geno Smith's going to have something to say. I think the 49ers win, but the Seahawks cover with the nine points there. Uh, We mentioned the Bengals. Joe Burrow's not going to commit five turnovers again. Cooper Rush is going to be a disaster. Give me the Bengals minus seven there. Uh, The Broncos minus 10 over the Texans. Listen, I like the Texans. I think they have a, a long shot to maybe even pull off the victory here. Give me the Texans and 10 points, double digits in week two. After a poor performance by the Broncos in week one, I like the Texans there. Maybe sprinkle some money on the money line. You never know. Uh, I will say this, the Raiders at home, they're going to look to bounce back. They're ready for a vengeance coming off that loss against the Chargers. We saw the Cardinals give up a lot of points, excuse me, against the Chiefs. I think it happens again. Raiders cover the five and a half. Packers minus 10 against the Bears. I think the Bears are going to be in this game. Packers will win. I'm not going to lay the points, though. Give me the Bears plus 10 on the road. Bills also laying 10 against your Titans. Are you kidding me? With Derrick Henry and that offense, they're going to look to milk the clock. Give me the Titans and the points plus 10 against the Buffalo Bills. And your last one for the week, of course, is Monday night. I think there's a doubleheader on Monday night. Not sure offhand who, who the other game is. I apologize, but I will tell you this. I'm riding the Eagles train, minus the two, 50.5 over under. Whoa, it's probably going to go over. Uh, We'll talk more about it on Monday, but for record-keeping purposes right now, minus the two, it probably could be another field goal affair. The Eagles did not cover the hook last week. Minus two, I think they cover this week. This game could go either way, though. I don't feel great about it. I'll take the Eagles, minus the two. Man, 2 hours of power. We'll have to do better next week with the around the league. Again, 9 and 7 against the spread. 1 and 0 on the best bets last week with the Baltimore Ravens. I'm doubling down with the Ravens again, best bet again this week. We'll come back on Monday. We got a lot of great guests lined up next week. If you liked what you heard and you saw from the Football Playbook, do us a great favor. Like the show. Help us get our algorithm up here on this Jacob Sports channel. And uh, coming up next is the Sports Take with um, Rob and Barrett and Derek. So make sure you have the autoplay turned on. If you're streaming, watching online, or you're in the chat room, the autoplay will carry over to the Sports Take guys. Big shout out. We didn't get Tone's take today. He'll be back on Monday to break it down, chop it all up. Monday Night Football. Enjoy the football weekend. we got college football. NFL to talk about on Monday. Of course, Eagles, Vikings, Monday Night Football on primetime action. Oh, baby. It's a can't stop, won't stop affair here on the Football Playback. Well, we'll see you all on Monday. Hey, we'll get you out of here. Adios.
0: Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits go for the stakes and the stakes go to get your parlay on go to get your party on go for the scene go for the screens go for the gallery go for the win go to ocean visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit